Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you could open up your Bibles to Matthew 24, verse 36. If you could put up that first slide, everybody. So the topic today is, as in the days of Noah. And I wanted to ask a question. How many people here have ever made a reservation? Right? Probably made it at a restaurant. Maybe a plane, a train, or a cruise ship. Well, hopefully most of you have made a reservation for eternity. That's the main reservation, and what's so awesome is it's free. It's already been paid for. Your ticket's already been punched. But for those of you who haven't made that reservation yet, we're hoping that by the end of the message today, you will. And for those of you who have a reservation, we're praying that the Lord speaks to you in a special way today um, that maybe you haven't been thinking that way. So let's pray. Father, I just pray for the time we have together as a body of Christ, as your bride, that you would just speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would open up ears and hearts whether it be here in this church or listening over the internet, that you would just show yourself strong on behalf of the people who love you. And we just ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the things that is so awesome about our God is listed here in John 6.44 that no one can come to me, come to God, unless the Father draws them. Think about that. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws you to Him. So it's no coincidence today if you haven't made a decision for Christ yet that you're here or you're listening because it's the Father's love that gets your attention. It's the Father's will to touch your lives. In Romans 8, 22 to 23, it says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. I don't know about you, but I know there's times during the course of the day or the week that I'm saying, what is going on in this world? Every time you wake up, you turn on the news, a radio, or read a, the internet news. It's, there's craziness. So I just downloaded, this morning before I came up here, the Drudge Report. And I think you could do this with any 
articles that you pick out. So here's some of the good news. War comes to Putin's door. Worst daily Air Force losses of war. 39 pilots killed by Wagner. Neo-Nazis wave swastika flags outside Georgia synagogue. Rising number of Russian-Chinese nationals at the southern border raises security concerns. You think? Who is lying? Garland or whistleblowers? Parents, teachers warn not to ridicule school kids who identify as animals. What is going on on this planet? Well, in Matthew 24 that we're going to look at today, it says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at a time or an hour that you do not expect. Be ready. Be ready. And we're going to look at as in the days of Noah. Matthew 24, before we jump in. When you go to church, what do you expect? What do you look for? What are you trying to get out of a a time together with the body of Christ? Maybe you are someone today who just wandered in because you saw a lot of cars out in the parking lot and God is simply... Touching your heart to get involved, to check it out, to get back to church. Maybe you haven't been in a while, and you just want to get back and see what's going on. Let's take a look at Matthew 24, beginning with verse 36. So I'm going to read 36 to 44. And you're going to hear a couple things a few times today, which I think is very important. Repetition is very important because sometimes you don't hear it right the first time. Sometimes it takes a second time or even the third time. So let's jump into verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the son of man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Everything you and I do, We should be looking through the binoculars of Scripture. It's very easy to get caught up in looking at the world situation or things that are going on in your life 
or your family or at your job or at your school. But you need to look through the lens of Scripture. It's so important because we can lose ourselves and get lost and off balance by looking at everything around us. And I think a great object lesson is Peter when he was walking on the water. Everything was cool. Everything was fine until he took his eyes off Jesus because of the storm and the rain and the lightning. That's when he started sinking. And that's when we sink. When we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, it says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. What do you mean, Pastor Vinny? I'm never, never supposed to go to bed? I can never take a nap? No, it doesn't mean that. It means spiritually don't fall asleep. Because things happen when you sleep that you don't know what's going on until you wake up. So spiritually speaking, God wants us to watch through the lens of Scripture and be sober. The opposite of sober is being drunk. And from a spiritual point of view, being drunk soberly means you're, you're out of it. You're not getting anything. You're not hearing the things that God's trying to tell you through His Word. His Word is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces right down to your soul, to your heart, to your spirit to awaken you to the things that are going on where the people who aren't in the Word, who aren't believers in Jesus Christ, they're like drunken sailors. They're just stumbling around. They don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. No offense to sailors if you're in here. It's important to understand that the things that are going on are making everything fall into place according to God's plan. It's not a surprise to our God what's going on. These things have to happen in order for Him to bring us home. Have to happen in order for the thousand years reign of Christ to come. As it was... So it will be in the days of Noah. As it was, so it will be in the days of Noah. Let's look at Genesis 6. If you could go to Genesis 6, beginning with verse 1, please. Genesis 6, verse 1. So what was it like in the days of Noah? Because God, Jesus is telling us in Matthew 24, 36 to 44, as in the days of Noah, so it will be in the, in the end times. So let's look at some of the things that took place in the days of Noah. Chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. So there was population, a lot of population. They think billions of people were there during the days of Noah. Well, we have about 8 billion people on the planet earth right now. 
that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. Throughout the Old Testament, when you see the sons of God, it's actually talking about angels. And one of the things that is very important for you to do is remember here, when you're at church, God wants to ignite your spirit so that you become an Acts 1711 person, that you're a Berean, that you check out those things that we're telling you here, that you become a student of the scriptures. And notice that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men that they took were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all they had done. That alone is a sermon. But we're not going there today. (laughs) Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And a lot of people think that's, oh, they're going to live to 120 years old. But that's not what this is speaking about. This is talking about at this time, there's 120 years left before the flood. The flood is coming. You've got 120 years left to get ready for it. Verse 4, there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only on evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Are you like Noah? Are you like his grandfather Methuselah? Or his great-granddad Enoch? Enoch who walked with God and then God took him up, raptured him up? Can you identify with the Noah? I think we can, just how I opened up today. Picture good old Noah. There were no lumber yards. There were no buzz saws. He had to go into the woods. He had to chop down a tree. He had to cut the tree. He had to sand it. He had to make boards. And for over a hundred years, Noah was going back and forth building an ark that no one ever even heard of a boat or an ark before. They never heard of rain before. Think about that for a second. They never heard of it. So they saw this man day in and day out along with his family and probably with his grandfather Methuselah. Because Methuselah's name means when I die, it will come. What will come? Well, God's judgment. God's judgment was going to come when Methuselah died. 
You think they freaked out when he got a cold or a sore throat? <laughs> Granddad, how you feeling today? And how about Enoch? Enoch, the great-grandfather of Noah. Who walked with God. Can you imagine the, sitting around the campfire? Some of the stories that Enoch would tell. Enoch most likely knew Adam. Adam who was created, the first man created. And Eve, his wife. What stories were they building into Enoch who passed down to Methuselah and to Lamech who was Noah's dad? So think of the heritage there. And then God told Noah that he was going to bring judgment and to start building a boat. You know, there's people, maybe some of you have gone down to Kentucky and seen the uh, rebuilt, the replica of, of Noah's Ark. Can you imagine back in Noah's day? Let's go see that crazy guy. What's he doing? He's been there 40 years already building this thing. And then 80 years. Let's go see this guy. The word is spreading. He was mocked. He was laughed at. He was ridiculed. I wonder if Noah's wife ever said, Noah, you sure God told you to build this thing called an ark? But Noah, like many of you, stayed steadfast. Through it all, through the ridicule, through the doubt. And you just kept plugging on and on because you trusted in God's Word. He trusted God's word. Verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of the flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, 
and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourselves of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourselves, and it shall be food for you and then for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. And then down to verse 9, two, in uh, chapter 7, two by two they went into the ark to Noah, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. So we're seeing a progression from building an ark to actually going into the ark. And again, if you can just try to put yourself back in this time, what was going on, the violence, and everything you're going to see in some of the slides I bring up in a couple minutes. What is going on? And how does it compare to what's happening today? Well, let's take a look at some of this stuff. Lawlessness will abound. I don't think there's any doubt in any of our understanding about what's going on in this world, in this country. In Matthew 24, 12 to 14, it says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. My dear brothers and sisters, you are the ones that Jesus has chosen to be a witness to your neighbors, to be a witness to your co-workers, students in school. You set a standard through God's Holy Spirit indwelling you that the world is attracted to or is driven away from. You might not know the influence of God's Spirit in you, but it is very, very evident. And I think we see in our culture today, don't we, that there is an attack on the Christian church because of our stand for Jesus Christ. They say we spout out hate. But remember in the world we live in today, good is bad and bad is good. Everything's flip-flopped around. There's no hate in Jesus Christ. If you are a believer here today, you know that. You know what He forgave you from. I know what He forgave me from. And when we think of what happened on the cross, what He went through as a substitute for you and me, greater love has no one than to lay down His life. And while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. Before we even knew Him, He died for us. We weren't even born yet, yet He died for us. He saw us sitting in the pews today when He was hanging on that cross. He knew you by name when He was hanging on that cross. And He tolerated because of His love for you and for me. 
But the world, who is guided by the father of lies, is deceiving people today. You and I were deceived before God opened up our eyes, spiritually speaking, right? We were deceived. And then he allowed us to see. We're understanding things more and more. And the more we avail ourselves to God's word, the clearer things are becoming. We're to love everyone, regardless of their belief. But we don't have to tolerate sin. We should love the sinner and hate the sin. Because we're all sinners. We know the bondage, the slavery that sin brought us to. And that God freed us from. The problem is not all the news headlines. The problem is not all those things that are going on in our schools, in our government, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. Those are symptoms. It's a heart issue, isn't it? The matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. In Jeremiah 17, 9-10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts. I test the minds. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Only one person, God Himself, knows your heart and mind better than you do. How many times are we do things just out of impulse and then we say, why did I do that? God knows. He knows the word on your coming out of your mouth before you know that word coming out of your mouth. And that's why you need and I need a regenerated heart. A heart that's cleansed, renewed, reformed, by Him. So the way we look at things, the way we hear things, the way we speak, the way we feel, the way we walk, the way we touch, is all guided by the Almighty God. As in the days of Noah, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. What took place? Remember, there was no rain on the earth. There was never a boat, but yet it came suddenly. Even though God was long-suffering and he, he gave the people in Noah's day so much time, so much time to come into that ark. The door of the ark was always open for the, over those hundred years. It was always open. People came by and they saw it. Maybe some people did ridicule Noah and his family. But maybe others were considered, wonder if this is true. Wonder if this really is going to take place. But yet we know that only eight people, Noah and his seven family members, entered this ark. In Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23, it says, And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. What comes out? from the heart, from inside. From, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murder, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, 
lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. The Bible says we're to be transformed. Our minds are to be transformed. Conformity comes from the outside and changes us inside. Transformed happens in the inside and is shown on the outside. We're not to conform to the world. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to be brainwashed. Our brain needs to be washed. Our spirits need to be washed. Our heart needs to be washed. Our world needs to be washed. And it can only be done by one. God Almighty Himself. Throughout Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, people did what was right in their own eyes. They wanted their freedom. They wanted their pleasure. If it feels good, do it. Go for all the gusto you can get. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow you shall die. Wow, what a code to live by, huh? Freedom and fun and pleasure, self-expression, romance. But they they leave out sexually transmitted diseases, AIDS, Pregnancy, abortions, broken families. Child abductions. Child mutilation. It's not a good place, this planet. There's good moments, right? Good things, good friends, family. But what a world we live in. Another thing of the days of Noah that's like today is lust, premarital sex, adultery, immorality, pornography, homosexuality, immodesty. In Romans 1.28, just read the first chapter of Romans on your study. Just read Romans. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Think of the 60s. The sexual revolution of the 60s. The freedom. The hippie movement. Woodstock. The repercussions of that era. We are still seeing the fallout today. So you have the sexual revolution leading to sexual immorality, leading to a debased mind. Debased is something that you, don't, you would have never even considered it got to that point. Today, I've been retired from my school system for five years, 
But schools used to be a safe haven to send your children for those five or six hours. Now many of them are becoming indoctrination centers. You don't know if you can trust the superintendent or the principal or the teacher. I can't even imagine being a high school physical educa uh, education teacher and coach today with everything that's going on in our society. And we talked about it in our Sunday school devotion today. For the kids, the teens, grandkids, what they're being faced with in this world today. And that's why it's so important that we train up our children in the way they should go. That they are images of Christ in the public sector. Amen? They need to be warriors, girls and guys who stand for something and not fall for anything that's being pushed down their throats. One of my good friends and former colleagues are, is here today, and I can tell you that with her and I in our phys ed class and our health classes, your kids, your grandkids would not have been exposed to everything that's coming down the pike that's in the schools today. But how many teachers in all the schools in the world are believers in Jesus Christ and hold themselves up to a higher standard before they go into the classroom. Pray for your teachers. Know what's in your school curriculum. Know what's going on. Because there is an agenda. So what characterized the days of Noah? Apostasy. Apostasy. Do you know how much? There's not many churches, they say under 10% preach God's word in our country. That's 90% that aren't preaching God's Word. So what are they preaching? They're preaching anti-biblical things. It's an apostasy. It's wrong. They're deceived. You know how many churches went woke after COVID? Some people went back to their church. They couldn't even recognize it anymore. Anarchy. Anarchy in the streets, in the schools. Things that are going on. Authority just being broken down. Craziness. Ungodly philosophies. Wickedness. Evil thoughts continually. These are dangerous times. We live in a time that the population like Noah's day is exploding. The sexual perversion. It's terrible. It's even reaching down into our single digit age kids. What's going on? All under the banner of freedom. Choice. Demonic activity, just like we were reading in Genesis 6 with the angels. There's more demonic activity going on today than ever before. The occult, billion dollar industry, the things that are going on. 
even in our cartoons and kids' books. It's not like when you and I were growing up. You need to check out the things that your kids are looking at. The internet. The prince of the power of the air. Is there good stuff on the internet? Yeah. But remember, the prince of the power of the air, Lucifer, Satan himself, is using the internet. Pastor Joe said something, I was just thinking when he was talking, about the internet and AI. Think of how our culture has been indoctrinated with the phone. Did you ever try to go without your phone for a day? Or a couple hours, right? Seriously. Besides your hand, it's the next closest thing to your body, isn't it? Your phone. So think about AI and how even it's talking about AI is going to come up with a new religion. How many people will be turned on to the new religion because they've been so conditioned to be impressed by their technological device? It's almost like the next step. That's why you and I have to always look at everything through the lens of Scripture. That's so important to keep grounded. There's constant evil in the heart of man. Everywhere. Anywhere you go, there's something going on. There's something taking place. We know there's widespread corruption and violence, just like in the days of Noah. In 1 John 2.16, it says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. It's always a battle, isn't it, everyone, between your flesh and your spirit as a believer in Jesus. Before you had Jesus in your heart, it was just your flesh. You were doing things that today you would not consider even doing. But sometimes your mind goes, doesn't it? And you have to bring it back. You have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Like in the days of Noah today, they do whatever is right in their own eyes. Their thoughts of their heart are always on evil. There's wickedness, there's a lot of violence, and there's corruption. Now, the days of Noah, I know that the pastors... And many of you, we believe that we're living in those days. The Holy Spirit, who lives in every believer, one day God is going to remove all the believers from planet Earth. And then total wickedness will be let loose. But just think of the wickedness that's in our planet now with us here. What's going to take place when we're removed? Think about that. That's a scary thought. And that's why it's important that we understand what the ark is in our lives. For Noah, it was a physical boat that they were told to construct and enter in. And anyone on the planet could choose to go into that ark. Remember, it was built for almost 120 years. It was being built. So how many people knew about it? How many people walked by it? 
So right now, on this planet, you and I, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, what does that mean, a believer in Jesus Christ? It says the demons even believe in Jesus. But how about you and me? Well, we understand that we're sinners, that we can't save ourselves. That when you come to a, this church or a Bible-believing church, you're not involved in a religion. You're involved in a relationship with the living Creator, Jesus Christ. And the more you come to church and get involved in things, the more you get into relationship with one another, don't you? You've made friends here. We're family here. We take care of one another here. Families are so important. So that communication, that involvement with each other. But there's a world that's drowning. Now unlike this picture, God's door is still open to receive Him. People can still come to trust in Him as Lord and Savior because there is a judgment day coming. No one can escape it. There is judgment coming, just like in the days of Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If you're here today, whether you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior or not, there's grace on you today, right? God is pouring out His riches on Christ's behalf that if you're just listening, God is trying to tell you something from His Word. Now, one of the things that the ark was provided security from the water. The water was the type of judgment. The water was judgment in Noah's day. For us, it's a type of judgment, the water. The ark was made of gopher wood, cypress wood, almost indestructible, would last forever. And you can do your own study on the satellite pictures of Noah's ark. I believe, and many people believe, that it's right on the top of Mount Ararat right now in Turkey, that it came to rest. It's right there on the top of the highest mountain in Turkey. It's pretty wild. It was covered inside and outside with pitch, like a tar. That made it even more durable, more lasting. And the Holy Spirit is a guarantee for you and I to last forever. He will never be taken from you once you receive Jesus into your heart. You're secure in Christ. You might say, boy, that ark, how big was that ark? That ark was constructed by Noah to take anybody in that wanted to come in. There was sufficient room for everybody. Just like with Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter how young or old you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. There's room for you at the cross of Christ. You just have to come. 
You just have to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to come into my life. I want you to come into my heart. Now, the ark's shape, it didn't have a pointy shape like the Titanic. It was like a coffin. It was the shape of a coffin. How about that? We're having a baptism today. And what happens with a person who's baptized? They're above the water. And then they're submerged into the water. They're dying to themselves and they're rising to new life in Christ. Well, there was a judgment coming on the planet Earth and Noah was in the ark with his family. There was no rudder. There was no captain's wheel. Noah was in total reliance with his family of where God was going to bring them. It was up to God to bring them safely to the top of Mount Ararat. And in my study, and I never knew this, the day that he landed on the top of Mount Ararat was the week of Passover. It was the week of the crucifixion and the resurrection. So when the water subsided and went down and down and down, and he finally could get out, it was like, it was eight people. The number eight in the Bible is the number of new beginnings. There was a new beginning for the human race. The billions of people that had been destroyed, God started all over again with eight people. But it says Noah found grace in the Lord. He found it. You found grace in Jesus Christ. He brought it into your path. He directed you there to see Him for who He is. And you might be here today for the first time God is knocking on your heart's door saying, let me in. Don't wait. You need to die to yourself and let me give you new life. The ark's sustenance, it was shelter. It was satisfying. There was food in there. For everyone. Scripture talks about being under the shelter of His wings. Taking shelter in Jesus Christ. And like I had just mentioned, there was no helm. The ark schedule, it was totally up to God. Your life and my life is totally up to God. Where He brings us. What He does with us. The people that we impact. God provides salvation. Now people might say, well, it's very narrow, Pastor Vinny, when you say that Jesus is the only way. But throughout history, in the Scriptures, there wasn't 30 arcs to choose from. There was only one. And that one ark only had one door didn't have ten doors to choose to go in. It had one door and you had to enter by that door. That door brought you to safety. That door, when that storm hit, gave you rest and comfort, which is Noah's name means rest or comfort. That's what Noah's name meant. So we find rest in Jesus Christ. God saves us we cannot save ourselves. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
There's no other way. Jesus showed us that. And then Ephesians 2.8 says that you're saved by faith through grace so that then you can go out and do good works to honor Jesus. So you're saved through faith. Faith in Jesus. No one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit in you is a guaranteed of your salvation. It's a guarantee of eternal life with Christ. Does that mean you don't go through trials and tribulations here on this earth? No. No. But you're a standard. Christ in you is the hope of glory for other people. You're a standard for the world that is in darkness. You're a light in the world. Let your light shine brighter and brighter by spending time in the lighthouse. This is your lighthouse. Spend time in the lighthouse if you want to shine. If you want people to be directed to you, that you can show them the light, spend time in the lighthouse. That is crucial for all of us. And we can never learn enough about our Lord and Savior. We can never be transformed enough. We need to spend time with Him to imitate Him, to think like Him, to speak like Him. John 10.28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. When God shut the door of the ark, and remember, isn't that amazing? Noah didn't shut the door of the ark. God shut it. No one now could get out. Time was up. Nobody could get in. The day that the rapture takes place will come suddenly like the flood of Noah. People have been warned. They might have been warned for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They might have heard this, that judgment is coming, but they don't, it doesn't sink in. And then it comes. And then there'll be people not here that they used to know. But the hope is, as the Scriptures show, there's going to be tribulation saints. There's going to be people that are going to come to Jesus during the seven years of tribulation. But we don't want that. We want people to come now. If today is the day of salvation. If you hear His voice today, don't harden your hearts. When Noah came out of the ark, he built an altar. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about, I beseech you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Noah took dead animals, killed animals, put them on the altar and sacrificed them to the Lord. But yet in Romans, we're told to be living sacrifices. Difference between a living sacrifice and a dead sacrifice doesn't have a choice. 
The dead animal doesn't have a choice to leave that altar. You have a choice to leave. And the more you understand how much God loves you and cares for you and has a plan for you, boy, you should be jumping on altars all the time just to be used by Him. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And last slide is today, this day. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart, because it's a heart issue. And I like that acronym for ARC. That if we're in the ARC, if we're in Christ, we're in our almighty meaning no one's greater, no one's stronger, no, no one's more powerful. He's almighty. All. Not partial mighty, not half mighty. Almighty. He's a redeemer. He bought you back from sin and death to give you new life. Resurrection life. And He's King. Capital K. No one compares. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I was asked the praise team to come up. If you're at home or you're here and you haven't received the Lord or you want to rededicate your life while they play the song, just come on up. Just come up and we'll say a prayer. We'll give you some material to get you started on your walk with the Lord. And You need to be in the ark. I need to be in the ark. Better times are coming, everybody. The best is yet to come. Amen? So please come if that's you today, if God is touching your heart. been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org Thanks for listening and may God bless.